Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Friends, do we realize that we live in an age, some might say an unprecedented age, of casual Christians? I mean, this is a shipwrecked generation of Christianity. We have great biblical illiteracy because no one wants to tell you the hard stuff of the Bible anymore, combined with the fact that people don't study their Bibles, combined with the fact that media is podcasting and delivering to your cell phone all the messages of all who we'll talk about in a minute, the false teachers that are out there. One cannot read the Bible without being confronted, warned, rebuked, and exhorted. Pastor Jim points out in today's message from Philippians that the Word of God warns believers over and over again to be on guard against false teachers. The Bible is also relentless in its loving correction of us. As we read Scripture, we know that there is always work to be done in our hearts and minds to make us more like Jesus. Pastor Jim encourages us to do the work the Bible asks us to do and to not be lazy, complacent Christians. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part two of his message entitled, Joyful Pattern. He's always asking people to give some guy comes up, he's very rich, goes, you got to give away all your money, you know, give it all to the poor. Now, people say, this is where religion is so off. They go, well, we must take a vow of poverty. Most of the guys that take a vow of poverty have more money than you and I could ever dream of. They're just hiding it better, okay? So, so that's not what it's talking about. When Jesus tells somebody to give something up, it is for this reason. It's not for religious reasons. You know why it is? So they make room in their heart for him. So the rich man loved money more than God. So God says to him, if you want room in your heart for me, you gotta give away what's cluttering your heart. We have to open our hearts to so get rid of some stuff in our hearts so we can open our hearts to depend upon the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So the Apostle Paul had given up religion and he saw that God's grace comes through sacrifice and surrender of all we have and all we are to Jesus Christ. And that will look different in everybody's life. It won't be the same in everyone's life. That's why he says to them, you have us for a pattern. He's saying to the Philippian church, God gave us, myself and presumably these two other men and other people in the church who are living the life, God gave us to you as a pattern to see what a life of surrender and sacrifice looks like. Now, here's the important point that we have to catch. It's not that they had it all together. The pattern, the example was what? Pursuing Jesus. It's not that they had it all together. He's saying, you have us as an example of people who are pressing into God. People who are doing their best to live after and follow Jesus. One thing kind of people. That's how he has the audacity to say this to the Corinthians church, 1 Corinthians 1.11. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Because he's saying, listen, follow me. I'm pressing into God. Watch what I do. 
Now, friends, we have to be very careful of not being sucked into the American idol of success, where success is measured by a very set group of things that Americans think are good, and heaven is like, puh, puh. Like I said before, everything in our society is about being rich and about being wealthy, right? And then, and then, sure enough, the, we've said this before that the heavens, the Bible says that heaven, the streets are paved with gold, right? So just imagine some guy with just a truckload of gold pulling up, you know, to the pearly gates, you know, and St. Peter goes, hey, the paver's here, right? right? It's, not, it's, not, it's nothing special. He's going to pave the streets. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything in heaven, okay? Don't fall into the success of success, the, the role of, uh, or the model of successful Christian living that's just, just infecting the church right now. Everything has to be right. Everything has to be comfortable, or the religious model of false piety. No, the, 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 the word of God is our guide. It says of Jesus in the Bible that the common people heard him well. They were like, I get him. I get him. He wasn't like, oh, dearly beloved, here we are out on the mountain. Are you hungry? Boy, bring the fish. No, not at all. He's a regular guy. He was a regular guy, not trying to look holy. He was holy. He was holy. And so as we read the Bible, we have to also look. Let me give you a few examples. You read the Bible and you see Jesus being mocked and beaten. You read the Bible, you see Jesus being made fun of. You read the Bible, you see the apostles being beaten. Yet what happens? They continue. And then, if you're looking, loved ones, every Sunday morning, you can see people in this church coming in here, beaten barely able to walk, full of physical pain, full of emotional pain. What are they doing? They're pressing on. We look and they're like, come on, get in. I got a par. Come on, what are you doing? And God said, no, 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 no. I put them there for you to see what it looks like of people who are actually pressing in, okay? They're pressing towards the goal. You read the Bible. What happens to the apostles? They go out, we're gonna preach about God. You're like, zippity-doo-dah, here we go. It's gonna be great. They hop in a boat and it gets shipwrecked right? You're like, this is terrible, all right? But what do they do? They press on. They keep serving. So what happens here? Come here on a Sunday morning, and what do you see? You see some people, you may or may not know this, but their life is a shipwreck. But what are they doing? They're still serving God. They're helping you out. They're making you coffee. They're parking your cars. They're doing whatever they have to do to help you have a, a decent worship experience. What are they doing? They're pressing on in. They're one thing people. The examples are right in front of you. What about kids, right? I, listen, <laughs> I raised three kids. My, I still have one in high school, but two in, two in college, one in grad school, one in college. Listen, my kids did not wake up every Sunday morning, every, some Sundays, whenever and go, great, praise the Lord, Dad, church day, right? That's not what happened, okay? That's not what happened. I know your kids are religious people, but they're not my kids, right? So, so <laughs> what was it? right? We pressed in, and there are families in our church that are overcoming all kinds of obstacles week after week after week to bring their kids here because they want to see their kids in heaven because they're pressing in because they want to do these things for the kingdom of God. As you read the Bible, you will see that it's faithfulness and determination, not gifts and success that's worth following. Please, friends, God gives gifts. 
God gives success to certain people, whatever, whatever, really. It is faithfulness and determination that's worthy to follow. Follow people who are growing but not stagnant. Follow people who are players, not spectators. Follow people who are contributors, not complainers. Find and, people and, find and follow committed followers of Jesus Christ who love the truth of God's word, who truly love Jesus, who truly love people. Find people who are one thing, men and women, who are reaching for Jesus, who are pressing in for Jesus, who are pursuing Jesus. That, my friends, is a pattern to follow. That's worth following. Now, of course, with any good encouragement, the Bible has to give us a warning because there are false people out there that will lead people astray. So number two, a pattern to avoid. A pattern to avoid. Verse 18, he says, for many. Oh, that is a sad, sad word. What is it telling us? Many means a lot, right? That there's a serious problem that he's warning the Philippian church about. It could be there's a lot more of these people than there are of the one thing people. For many walk, again, that means live in the Bible. For many live, of whom I have told you often. One reason why people do not teach the word of God verse by verse. You're like, why do you do this here? Because we believe, again, it's the way God wrote it. But why don't a lot of people do it? Because the Bible is relentless in warning us against false teachers. It is relentless in warning us against false Christians. It is relentless in pointing out to us, okay, that there are things that are not right when things might seem right. It is a repetitive theme in the word of God. We come to it over and over and over again. Why? Because God had nothing better to say? No, because it is a huge problem. He says, for many walk of whom I have told you often, he's saying it over and over to them, and now tell you even weeping that they are, look at this, the, the, the enemies of the cross of Christ. Now you say, well, that could never be a Christian. We love Jesus. We're going to see in a minute. A lot of people say they love Jesus, but they don't. A lot of people say they love Jesus, but they don't. Verse 19, whose end is destruction and that is, that is the Bible's grim way of not saying annihilation. That's saying hell. That's their end. Whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame who set their mind on earthly things. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I, I, I just want to let you know, I'll just say it from my perspective. This was me before I became a Christian. This was me. So you have to ask yourself, is this me? Or if you are a follower of Jesus or you're kind of just getting your feet wet, are you falling sway to these people? Now, we cannot follow, I think you'll agree with me on this, we cannot follow the example of the godly if we're following the example of the ungodly, right? It just doesn't work. You show me a person who has got one foot in the world and one foot in the church and I'll show you the most miserable, pitiful person in the world. Sometimes I want to be like, just go live like the devil, and when you're done, you come back, we'll love you, don't worry, man. I will never tell you I told you so. I will never, I've been there, I've done that, I know the pain of that. I wish you wouldn't do that, I wish you would just come into the kingdom, right? Live what God wants you to be, and, and be excited about life. But you cannot follow the example of the godly if you're following the example of the ungodly. And the ungodly includes, and this is not easy to hear, phony 
lazy, professing Christians who are not Christians according to God's standard in the fact that they have come to Jesus and put their trust in him. Now, we live in an area here in northwest New Jersey where people say, oh, I love Jesus, he's great, right? And I follow him and I believe in him, but you have to do this ritual, you gotta add it in to be a Christian. Let's call them the Jesus plus crowd. Jesus plus crowd. And the Apostle Paul told us earlier that he was one of them, not Jesus plus, but he was Old Testament Judaism, ritual Judaism, not true Judaism. He was, he was God plus, he said, until I realized I was an enemy of the cross. We live in an age where people say they're going to heaven because they are a good person. That makes a grand assumption that you and I can really say we know what a good person looks like. I was thinking about that this week. When I was uh, in high school, I played some basketball. And then I went to this basketball camp, and the instructors there were college basketball players. And you might think you're decent when you're in high school till you play against college players. And then I was like, I'm really not so good. And they thought they were all it. Well, then this basketball camp would have once a week a professional player come in, and we'd get to see the professional players get on the court with the college players. And guess who didn't think that they were so good, right? Because you see that they really were, that's what a basketball player looks like. We assume we know what a good person looks like, and really we never do until we open the pages of the Bible and we look at the Gospels and we look at the life of Jesus Christ who was truly submitted to God So when you look at the cross, dying for the sins of others, that's where we see goodness. Friends, do we realize that we live in an age, some might say an unprecedented age of casual Christians? I mean, this is a shipwrecked generation of Christianity. We have great biblical illiteracy because no one wants to tell you the hard stuff of the Bible anymore combined with the fact that people don't study their Bibles, combined with the fact that media is podcasting and delivering to your cell phone all the messages of all who we'll talk about in a minute, the false teachers that are out there. We live in an age where many so-called Christians have confused Christian liberty with license, that I'm a Christian and it doesn't matter how I live. I call those people, the other people were Jesus plus, I call those people Jesus minus because they don't have any care to becoming more like Jesus. They're not after the prize. They're not after the goal. Seriously, they're walking, some people are walking by the cross looking at Jesus, enemies of the cross going, listen, that's great, thanks, but man, as long as I do this ritual, I'm in, so don't worry about it. Other people are going, hey, Jesus, thanks for, le- thanks for dying for me, man. Party, here we go. Both are insults to what Jesus has done for us, okay? Now, the apostle profiles them for us. You say, well, what do they look like? He says, their God is their belly. Now, that doesn't mean they're looking at their stomach going, om, 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 okay? Now, that could be some crazy dietary rules or something like that, but it could also be that they are just people of self-indulgence. Who's their God? Me. Who's their God? Themselves. Next, he tells us also about them. He says, whose glory is their shame. 
they justify themselves. They start saying, oh, the Lord is okay with this. It's all grace, bro. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Those free people are always justifying their behavior. You say, what does the Bible say about it? Isaiah 5, 20, God says, they are people who call evil good and good evil. And they expect us to celebrate when they live contrary to the word of God. We don't celebrate that with them. Next, it says they set. In other words, they, they set the coordinates. They set their mind. Very, very important word. The Bible tells us to renew our mind in the things of God. Romans chapter 12, if you're taking notes. And, but here he says these people, they set their mind. They put it, if you will, the coordinates on automatic pilot. They set their mind on earthly things. They only live for this world. They're assuming they're going to heaven. Well, why wouldn't God want a guy like me? He's got to be kidding me, right? They swear that they're going to heaven, okay? Friends, please realize this. Sin is first and foremost a rebellion of the mind. That's what it is. It is a mind that is contrary to God. It is a mind that has gone astray from God and it has produced a soul that is far from God. And this might not be easy to discuss, but it's so important that we realize that when our minds are far from God, we are far from God. Listen, if you're here today and you are coming back to God, man, man he is so glad you are coming back. I can't even, I can't even, I could never express that to you. Never, never. But, but we all have friends, some of us. We're trying to follow after God, and we have friends, and they're like, I- I'm good. I'm okay. You know, I was following God for a while, but, you know, me and Jesus, we're, we're good. You know, we're, we're, we're doing our thing together. Listen, he didn't give me everything that I needed. When the Bible says he's everything that we need. And, and that doesn't mean we don't need food and clothing, but you know what I'm talking about. Other people say, he, he seems really far from me. It just didn't seem to work for me. Let me give you one of the profound secrets of the Christian life. If you're always thirsty for God, the Holy Spirit will quench your thirst. If you're always thirsty, expect God to show up. But if you're full, if you're never thirsty... If you're fine without him, he's, he's, why would he show up? And the worst part about these people, the pattern to avoid, is so many of them are out there telling people they're Christians when they're not. So many of them are out there are, 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 are saying, that, oh, well, I was a Christian. It didn't work for me. And here's the sad thing. So many of them are pastors. So many of our pulpits in America are filled with people who are not Christians preaching. You know why? Seriously. They don't love you enough to warn you like this to risk you all not coming back next week. And I don't say much about me, but I love you that much. I love you that much. But telling people, are you thirsty, man? Let me tell you, where the living water is. Are you hungry, man? Let me tell you where the bread is. Not in a self-righteous way, but showing people the way to eternal life. 
And so many people out there today are in pulpits. They are self-deceived and are deceiving people. Listen to what Paul said to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14 and 15. He says, and no wonder. Almost like, I don't think we should be so surprised. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. Just like he says here in verse 18, the end will be destruction. Now, these people, they talk a good game and they really know how to fool the untaught. They say they are mature Christians and some of them are actually leaders in our churches. And some of them are posing as leaders in our churches to lead people astray. What's missing? It's no longer a focus on the cross and all that that represents. It's a focus on self. Remember back in verse 10, the Apostle Paul said, I want to understand, I want to know the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings. When is the last time you heard a sermon on television about the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings? It's all about how to be happy, how to get what you want. And what does God come along and say? Those are the enemies of the cross. Those are the enemies. We think it's the people who are on on certain radio stations or certain TV stations. God says, no, 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 no. Those are the people I'm trying to reach with the cross. These guys are the enemies of the cross. They're, They're just a bunch of phonies. They hate sufferings of Christ. They want want to say, well, Jesus suffered so we could always be rich. Jesus suffered so we could always be happy. Jesus suffered so we could always be healthy. The only ones getting rich is them. They're the only ones getting rich. Phony people, and the Bible calls them out. And such people, whether they're pastors, teachers, or people who live this way, what they want determines the way they live, not Jesus Christ. And please notice, friends, here it says they are not believers, although they sit in our churches. We might say they have a faith of convenience, not a faith of conviction. And always, oh, so full of excuses for their lack of faith. And people go, oh, Jesus knows my heart. Don't you know that's the problem? Not that Jesus knows it, but it's the problem for all of us what it really is. Oh, but I still love Jesus. Really? Really? And people say all the time, well, Jesus loves me. I don't doubt that for a second. It's our love for Jesus that the Bible calls in question. In Luke 19, Jesus is teaching a parable, and rather than get absorbed like a lot of Bible scholars do and what the parable means here, let's just go right to the punchline. Luke 19, 27, listen to this. Jesus says, but bring here those enemies of mine. Now you think the enemies of Jesus, I we think we have a certain portrait of what they look like, and look what, and, but, but Paul just portrayed them to us, and look at what Jesus says who do not want me to reign over them. That's what Jesus says his enemies are. People who want to be their own king, not him as a king. They want the benefits of the kingdom, but not the king. Right, like, come on into the kingdom. Great, great, awesome. This is a wonderful life. I got it. Come on, man. We got to go sit and hear what the king has to say. Tell him I'm busy. And look what Jesus says. And slay them before me. The word of God judges our condition. So there's a pattern to follow, 
people pressing in. Follow people who are pressing in. There's a pattern to avoid. Enemies of the cross, people mocking the cross with their lives, people taking it for granted, people full of excuses. But number three, there's a pattern to live by. Well, thanks for joining us today for this edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney, the teaching pastor of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We want to be sure to tell you that today's message from the book of Philippians and many others are available on CD for a suggested donation of any amount. To get your copy of today's message from Pastor Jim, just call us at Changed by Love at 973-659-3380. The only information you need is the date you heard this program. Again, that number is 973-659-3380. Or send us an email. That address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And when you call or email us to place your order, please let us know how God is using Changed by Love in your life. It's always a great blessing to hear how God is using the teaching of His Word in your lives. To learn more about Changed by Love, visit changedbyloveradio.com. There you'll find an archive of past messages and a secure option to donate if you would like to help support this ministry. Again, the web address is changedbyloveradio.com. That's changedbyloveradio.com. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Philippians. That's next time on Changed by Love.